0: As our population ages, the good news is that advances in medicine are allowing us to effectively treat conditions that used to drive up the mortality rate. The bad news is that all of this costs a lot. What strategies and techniques can employers use to manage those costs? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers Podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and Chief Transformation Strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers Podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement designed specifically for educational institutions. If you have clients in that vertical, you know the healthcare deck has been stacked against them. Today, Captivated Health offers the stability, control, and savings they've been waiting for. For more information, go to www.captivatedhealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're speaking with Sterling Smith. Sterling is Director of Ventures at Acap Health which is a firm that specializes in thinking and handling of chronic diseases and how advisors and employers can help alleviate those problems so are are we seeing the use of incentives as well to get folks engaged in these programs whether it's cash or waivers of deductibles or copays or i mean e- we've even had some conversations with folks where people are starting to think about rewriting SPDs and self-funded plans to require folks to go through these programs what what are you seeing
1: Yes, David. There's definitely an increased use of incentives. and Incentives come in a number of forms and fashions, and we could have a whole podcast on different structures and ideas around that. But I think overall, with all the distractions that individuals have, the emails they get about this new benefit, that benefit, I mean, creating the awareness engagement that employers struggle with so often if they don't have the right vendor partners with the right strategies Coupling those with the right incentives and the setup, that definitely helps improve the awareness, engagement, and the overall programs. And and yes, you're definitely seeing more and more employers consider, I'll call it more of a stick than a carrot. I mean, healthcare costs have just risen so much that employers are having to manage that risk exposure. And it's just really imperative to get groups aligned and kind of build the culture and having the right HR staff that are really driving individuals into these programs because they're so critical for overall operations and health of a business as well as the employees. So we've
0: talked a lot on the podcast about this new movement of changing workplace wellness programs to call them well-being so they're more inclusive, more holistic. Is that where these programs live or is that a a distinction without a difference?
1: Well it's it's interesting because several of the programs that we've looked at and deployed across a number of customers we really see that when you get programs that are clinically fo- facing and their clinical results and that's your target you know with these disease managements you know for your diabetes hypertension so forth when you're really looking at those diseases those programs can be fairly expensive. They pay for themselves, but if you're an HR seat and you're having to go talk to your CFO, CEO, executive committee, and say, "Okay, we got a wellness budget of X, and this program, we've got to figure out how it's going to fit in there," that creates a lot of friction in deciding to deploy programs can be very beneficial for their population. So what we've actually done is worked with a number of groups to set up these programs to be billed as medical claim. And by billing as a medical claim, it's still a dollar spent. So you still have to look at the ultimate ultimate clinical or, or financial ROI of the program. Let's not try to hide anything here. But it's a lot easier to say that it's going within your claims bucket as, say, a replacement cost and prevention of future costs versus saying, okay, we've got a wellness budget and we've got to cut out you know, a transparency solution so we could fit in a diabetes solution. So there's definitely much more traction when you can actually set things up to, as a provider and network and go as a bill as a medical claim.
0: But does that also make it easier for employers at the C-suite level to, to have a measurable, demonstrative, repeatable ROI or you know, if you prefer, yeah,
1: for sure. You, you, the ROI number of programs that we've worked with in the past and currently work with, there's two measurements. You can look at your clinical ROI. So, in the case of metabolic syndrome, are you reversing those risk factors? In case of uh, hypertension, are you showing that? this program, this counseling is actually dropping someone's blood pressure level to a point where they can actually get off certain expensive uh, prescription drugs. So there's definitely the clinical piece, the financial ROI, which there's a lot of math crimes in the employee benefit industry of trying to vendor to place their program. What we see most effective is If you can get claims data and look year-over-year changes and you follow cohorts, you actually can validate more of the hard ROI with these clinical-based programs. You know, transparency is easier because if you go to this facility and get this type of MRI versus that facility, you can show pretty tangible ROI. With telemedicine, you can show tangible ROI by having someone pay $50 for a copay, to get a prescription for sinus infection versus going to an urgent care clinic and paying 150. So different programs have different ROI profiles, and we really focus on trying to make sure that the employers know what they're going to get with the programs we work with. But it is a challenge in the industry because you know there's three or four hundred, five hundred different vendors out there who provide different solutions, and everyone's trying to you know monkey with the numbers to try to validate a purchase decision. So it's a real challenge in the industry.
0: Well, as, as, as advisors take these kinds of plans sterling to employers, the employers' mindsets are 11 months in a cloud of dust, and, and they like to kind of see those results, and that's how they've been programmed. How do you work with advisors to help them understand, to help their clients understand that some of these outcomes are measured year over year rather than month over month?
1: Well, you, you do it in stages. So if if you think about deploying a program, you know, one of the first challenges is how do we make people aware of it? How do we get people to engage and roll? Step one. Two, and say that's months one to three. Months three, six, nine are people continuing to engage in these programs And what's the type of feedback? I mean, you can do different surveys. You can look, because of so much digital tracking, if people are interacting with coaches or they're using the tools that are provided. You know, if it's a curriculum where people are watching nutritional counseling videos, you're seeing that they're actually going through the cycle of weeks and and taking these programs and then doing some measurements around biometrics pre-post. So there's, there's a number of ways to look at measuring both the clinical, the activity, the participant feedback. And I'm not really trying to get deep into net promoter scores because I'm not a huge fan of that as a statistic. It's one question that, you know, people get yay or nay on. So I'm much more, and our company is much more focused on the stages and managing the client's expectations because if if they want to say, I want to know this program is working in three months, If you're dealing with chronic disease, it's not going to happen. Chronic disease has been developed over years. It's going to take months, year to really start showing clinical reversal of a condition state.
0: So at the end of the day, if I'm an advisor and I'm going to talk to an employer about this kind of a problem, what kind of delta should I tell them they might expect to see over time periods?
1: Well, that's, that's kind of a tricky question, David, because it's going to depend on what type of solution you're using. I mean, a goal of ours is to try to flatten the year over year cost curve. So if you've been trending eight, nine percent, you know, from uh, say medical claims, the goal is to put programs in there to try to over the next 12 months to level that out and then hopefully as the program matures and you're seeing the more long-term benefits of people managing chronic disease better actually seeing a lower utilization of the healthcare costs so that kind of keeps the trend in balance i mean unit costs are going up i mean it's just a fact it, it's inflation it's there's so many different factors that are pushing unit costs up so you're trying to reduce the utilization as best you can, but keeping an eye on what's improve people's health so they can be more productive workers to help the company be more profitable companies.
0: So we've got about a minute or two left. Where do you see the future of all of this going? A lot of this is second or third generation thinking. What's coming? What does it look like?
1: I really think there's going to be more aggregation of, of vendor solutions because of the Attention spans, people text, email, spending time Netflix. I mean, there's all kinds of competition for time. So, being able to bring solutions into a central hub, in my opinion, is is a real key. So that way, you can direct people through an an HRA mechanism to the programs that are best fit for them, but also be able to promote other programs. So, to the extent that things can be aggregated where people get the right tools that they need and set up a, what I call, more like a common billing platform for the employer. It's a lot easier for them to say, that's what we want to provide. And these are the engagement strategies we can put together. We can kind of control it all, you know, in one central hub.
0: Well, controlling it all is certainly a great goal to, to strive for. Sterling Smith, Director of Ventures at ACAP Health. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with our audience today.
1: Thank you for your time, David. Enjoyed it.
0: The Shift Shapered Podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved.